Yes, it's that time of the year. The holidays are almost here. As the year 2018 draws to a close, we're stepping back to reflect on what we've seen this year. And you'll hear much of this in our end-of-year webinar, hosted on the 6th of December by our Blue Tech team. If you miss it, don't worry, we'll have an audio recording posted on our website that you can play back. Now, in terms of looking ahead, I have Rhys Owen, our Editor-in-Chief, joining me today to share with us some of Blue Tech's key areas of focus for 2019. Hi Rhys, thank you for joining us. Tell us what Blue Tech have been looking at the past month. Hi Divya. Well, this month we've had a mixture of revisiting and updating previous reports and data with news on how those uh, markets and technologies that we've been following closely for a while have moved on in the last few years. Uh, And we've also got some brand new directions. So one of the important updates, uh, we've uh, gone back to Bluetech's insight report on iron exchange resin markets and technology. Um, This is a report that's now in the final stages of completion. And there's a taster in this month's intelligence briefing. And what we've done is updated the market share and revenue estimates for the main players. Uh, we've got an overview of what's happening with IP and patent trends, where we see market growth coming from in the next five years, and a look at the effect of more recent trends in the last five years, such as the effect on the market of resin supplies from China, as well as some niche applications that have emerged from since the last report. And also, we've taken a look at how the phosphorus removal market has evolved in the last two or three years. Uh, we have new information on market shares and installations, um, a full installation map, and list and charts on the intelligence platform. Uh, some interesting changes there. Even though it's a largely stable, predictably growing market, we mm-hmm. see some interesting shifts. Uh, Suez, one of the more recent entrants into that particular game, is uh, holding its own and making some significant gains. Um, for more details, have, have a look at the briefing. To take us through some of the newer stuff, Reese. Yeah, we, uh, we've been exploring uh, an exciting new area uh, relatively unsung yet potentially useful in a range of applications, which is micro-bubbles and nano-bubbles. Uh, small bubbles have very interesting properties. They're higher internal pressure and higher surface area to volume ratio makes them more efficient at gas transfer in, for example, biological aeration tanks. Mm-hmm. So there are energy savings to be had there. Uh, nano-bubbles are very stable and they can actually stay in the liquid for months. Uh, and they've been shown to promote plant growth in hydroponic applications, um, help with medical treatments against cancer, increase agricultural yields, help rejuvenate polluted lakes, um, and many more potential applications. So a new horizon scan with an analysis of all the possibilities and a look at companies producing research and products in this area will be published soon as well. Uh, on the new uh, front, we have uh, a company report looking at Lishto. Uh, which is an Israel, Israeli startup founded in 2015. And they have developed TestDrop, which is a handheld device around the size of a car key fob, which you can use to measure the presence of contaminants in a glass or a bottle of drinking water. And uh, this relies on measuring the changes in the electric field that take place if there is anything other than pure water molecules present in the water. It has an indicator light which blinks red or blue. Um, This is potentially extremely interesting and it ties into the trend around um, uh, points of use and and more uh, consumer involvement in their water. It's not been independently tested apart from in one specific instance, so there's a long way to go, but it is definitely one to watch. 
Well, well, this is a good segue onto our next piece, which is more forward-looking. Um, so through 2019, we'll, we'll obviously strive to get better at rationalizing the intelligence we're gathering uh, in our, for our clients in a more useful and actionable way. And it's something very much on our minds as we've been planning for a blue text editorial output for 2019. So when we plan for the next 12 months ahead, some of the key questions we ask ourselves are, you know, what was well received in the last year? What are the key industry trends? What have we heard at conferences? And, and of course, most of all, what are our clients been telling us? So I know, Reese, you've been very hard at work looking at some of the areas we should be looking into for next year. So let's talk through some of that at a high level. Um, sure. Let's start with some of the high level themes that we're going to be looking at for 2019. Okay, yeah, that's a, a good place to, a good way to look at it. Uh, we have lots of reports planned for next year, and they do group under certain themes, one of which is the smart water area, um, which will not be a surprise to anyone who's following the water sector. Um, there's a lot happening there. We are going to cover specifically AI and machine learning for decision support tools. That's around helping operators uh, essentially operate their plant more efficiently. Um, online TOC sensors and uh, within that specifically biofilm monitoring, which is a, an emerging area of its own. So there's uh, that's just three. Uh, we'll be probably doing a few more than that, but that gives you an idea of the uh, one area we're covering, which is the, the digitalization of water. The topic of sensors in particular is very interesting. I mean, for everybody who's listening to the podcast, um, you'll hear more from Karina Carpentier on our end of year web briefing. Uh, so I won't spoil it now, but basically there's just a whole load of sensor companies that are out there. And, and you know, the ultimate question is, how can a utility make that distinction? How can they distinguish between the good and the not so good? So... We're definitely witnessing the rise of digital water, and this is an area that will prove transformational in making our sector more resilient. Uh, you know, we've already seen the industry adopt sensors and analyzers for real-time monitoring. Um, we know about the dynamic complex of sensors and signals um, for the Internet of Things, for example, and we're looking at now how can we get better automation, data storage and analytics. So there's there's a lot out there. Exactly. Uh, this is being talked about a lot in the industry, at conferences. Uh, and, and the reason is there's been an explosion in the amount of data we all create, uh, coupled with near limitless storage capacity. So it creates huge possibilities. Uh, for a water utility, this could be managing data on the state of its deteriorating assets or water levels in its reservoirs or information on leakage or plant-level operational information. And we, we do need machine learning to make use of this, to analyze vast amounts of data and models and extract relevant insights and, and take advisory actions from it. So yes, sensors in particular are gaining in popularity. Next year, we're going to be looking at um, specific areas of that, as I said. Uh, then another area, a loose grouping around our reports is what I would call new paradigms in water, where we're looking at new business models, new ways of doing things. Um, or perhaps more a re renewed focus on things that have been around for a while. So decentralized treatment, uh, that's driven by physical and financial hurdles to fixing aging infrastructure, and uh, especially industrial on-site treatment and localized water reuse. Absolutely. And, you know, we classify it as a new paradigm in water because in this case, it's not just about the solution. I mean, modular technologies exist, uh, but the struggle is often in trying to secure funding. 
So, for example, Cambrian Innovation um, has maintained its momentum through the use of a, what they call a water energy purchase agreement or a WEPA model, um, where you know Cambrian clients will pay a monthly fee for the wastewater treatment and the renewable energy generation as a service, with Cambrian Innovation then obviously paying for the installation costs themselves. So I suppose this is where we'll start seeing the innovation come into play. The other area, I suppose, when you talk about new paradigms, Reese, is, as you mentioned earlier when we spoke about the MIB, was point-of-use treatment. Um, and this is being triggered by the role of the customer, as you said. You know, like we want to track how many hours we've slept, the steps we've walked or the calories we're consuming, we want to track what is in our water. And here's where companies like like Lishto, uh, as you mentioned, an Israeli company offering real-time traffic light system water quality monitoring really stand out because they, they are empowering their customers to monitor their water quality. Um, and we see more examples of this actually with companies offering tunable water like Voltea, for example, who launched their first CAPTI point of use product and won the Breakthrough Technology Treatment of the Year award. So again, what's really amazing about this is the fact that all of this is being driven by consumer concern regarding water quality, uh, something that we really haven't seen before in the water sector. Yes, exactly. And that's, and that's driven by another broad theme, which is that of micro-pollutants, which mm-hmm. we'll also be looking at, uh, which relates to all that. And then another theme, uh, which again will be extremely familiar to us all, is, is that of climate change and how that feeds into resource recovery. Yeah. Uh, we uh, will be looking at Algae, uh, which is uh, well known as a potential for uh, creating renewable energy, of course, but it also is extremely useful in terms of using it directly for wastewater treatment rather than just being a byproduct. So we're going to be looking at that in an upcoming report. And we'll also be keeping an eye out on, as I mentioned, trends in industrial water reuse. And we'll be keeping a close eye on things like advanced oxidation, advanced membrane technologies such as nanofiltration, forward osmosis, and improvements in reverse osmosis, all of which support this movement. And, uh, yeah, for for, for people who were at our our, uh, Blue Tech Forum event, you would have heard from end users uh, getting into this. So the likes of Nestle, L'Oreal, P&G, Barrett Gold, they all uh, setting themselves, and in some cases, having to work with strict water consumption targets in their facilities uh, and many of them are actually restricting themselves to zero liquid discharge to address water shortages. Absolutely I think we've summarized some of the high level themes but ultimately when we say we track innovation you know we have to take that right back down to a technology level and as you mentioned some of the areas like advanced oxidation and advanced membrane technologies like nanofiltration um, is going to be uh, a key to what we're looking at for next year. So thanks very much for that, Reese. Um, I hope you're looking forward to the Christmas break like we all are. <laughs> Indeed, yes, exactly. It's going to be a busy uh, a busy December and a busy year ahead. So, uh, yeah, like everyone else, very much looking forward to the break. <laughs> Super. With that, I'd like to thank everyone for joining us. To all our clients, we thank you for supporting us through 2018. We greatly appreciate your business and look forward to working with you all in 2019. We'll catch up in the new year. Sending wishes to you and yours for a beautiful holiday season and a peaceful new year. Merry Christmas to everybody from the Blue Tech office.